In the galaxy of many podcasts, we're honored you dropped in two hours. Welcome to Biz and Coffee. Our mission to inform, educate, and entertain business leaders on ideas, concepts, and trends. Each week, we'll be discussing a business-related topic, sometimes just the two of us, occasionally with guests. What are your bugbears? Throw them over and we'll work them out together. If you'd like to be a guest, get in touch. And now, over to our hosts, Io and Christopher. This episode, the last in season one, is called Learn by Doing. The start is a little chaotic as we were genuinely learning by doing. It's how we got into doing this podcast in the first place, as you're about to hear. Welcome back. Wait, sorry, big, how do we... Good, yeah, yeah we, need to, we need to figure out how we do this opening. Because <laughs> like, like, when you say welcome back, I'm like, am I supposed to say something or not? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we do need to. We're, well, we're learning by doing, right? So actually, this is a perfect <laughs> example. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yeah. yes. Now, I think I think we started thinking about this podcast in late 2022. We weren't sure what it was going to be like. I had no idea whether it would be any good. And then we basically agreed to just get on with it and learn by doing. And, and we'll get better as we do it. And here we are with this expecting expecting this episode we're recording it in december um and we're expecting this to be episode 10 and uh we will at some point if we dare go back and look listen to <laughs> episode one and and, uh, <laughs> and think about how far we've come at least i hope we've come far because it certainly seems like to me that we've uh, we've learned a lot along this journey well, what's your thoughts on it no, I, I think it's uh, it's been incredible. I think for me, um, the whole idea, you know, when I hear the word uh, do podcast and then I start thinking, oh, my God, is this big thing that we have to do? And, all, you know, and I remember when you sent me, uh, when you sent me that note, like, oh, you should do a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, look, yeah, if you join me, I'll do one. And, and then it became, well, if we're going to do this, we've got to start and just get going. Uh, and here we are, we, we're, we're recording what potentially appears to be the 10th episode. And for me, it's just been interesting because as, we, as we've been talking, we've been discovering, okay, let's do this, let's add that, let's do this. And hopefully when we get to maybe episode 100 and everybody's like, oh my goodness, you guys are big time pros. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, you should go listen to the first one. But for me, I think the idea of you know, waiting till things are perfect mm. before you start defeats the purpose of experiencing life, I feel. What we're doing here is is a discovery-driven process, which is we're going to have a conversation and we'll hopefully get to entertain, educate, and maybe help someone or many people. And we're doing it. And I think it's an important lesson in business, which is just, you know, sometimes you just got to do it. One or two things will happen. You get it right immediately, probably not. Or you will figure, okay, next time I'm going to improve on this. Next time I'm going to improve on that. And you, you go through this process of continuous improvement. And so for me, I think I'm big on learn by doing. And obviously get help, maybe through coaching, mentoring, consulting, whatever it is, get help and see how you go. There's always two ways to learn things anyways either from other people, their experience, which is where I think mentors and coaches are useful, or through your own experience. Mm. The problem with your own experiences is often very expensive. 
So, I mean, I definitely can testify to the fact that learning from your own experience can be very expensive sometimes. Because if a business has gone wrong, you probably have lost money and time. And you prefer if, you know, you pay the coach 300, 400, 500 pounds an hour <laughs> to avoid that big, you know, that big loss. So, yeah. So, my view is, yes, learn by doing it's a key principle from Agile. For anyone that's interested, go and look up the agilemanifesto.org and you'll find the, the principles on which the whole Agile movement began. And the first principle, if I remember this correctly, is we learn by doing. We, we learn best by just doing what it is that we're trying to do and reflecting on it. Not So it's not blindly just hammering away at something, but actually doing it with a degree of consciousness and presence. I'm doing this. Is it working? How can I make this better? And in Agile, you do that every cycle. You go back, you do a retrospective. You look back, right, okay, what worked? What went well? What didn't go well? And what will we do better next time? Or what will we try to do better next time? What's our new experimental hypothesis that we're going to test next? Um, which is an incredibly powerful and fast way of improving things very, very rapidly. And in the modern day, with new software companies and, and startups coming out of the woodwork, everywhere you look, there's another one popping up. It's not just the big ones, there's loads out there. And they're learning incrementally in this way. It'd be interesting to see what would happen if we did more of that in schools, I think. Like, is it Steiner and Montessori have that reflective learning process going on uh, much more so than conventional schooling, I think. And it's interesting to see the difference. My own experience in the last few months, I mean, we've been doing this podcast, as you say, massive amount of learning going on right here, right now. Uh, I'm having fun with it. I'm someone who doesn't like to be in front of a camera very much. I prefer to be behind it. Video is really, really important right now and just getting a bit better at it. Well, I wasn't going to get better by reading about it. I needed to actually do it. So I yeah. I agreed to do a video diary for 90 days. And I'm about 75 days into that now. And it has got a whole lot better. And people have said to me that it's better. And I was really surprised because I didn't think it was really it didn't feel at the time like it was any better because bad. I wasn't noticing yeah. it. I wasn't actually going back and reflecting. And people's comments helped me go back and say, actually, you know what? Look how far I've come. And that's really motivating as well. It motivates you to keep keep going. You know, you will keep learning if you keep going. One thing's for sure, if you stop doing, you will stop learning. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think it would look like in a business? I mean, I have some thoughts on it, but I'm keen to hear your your thoughts around. As a business owner, how do we incorporate this lend by doing mindset into your business? Because it's very easy for me to, on a daily basis, go out doing personal stuff to say, "Oh, I'm learning by doing this." But if you bring it into a business, how would a how should a business owner be thinking about this in their business? A couple of things come to mind. One is the idea of continual improvement. Part of the foundation of any business is to do whatever you are doing better. You're not looking for orders of magnitude better in any one particular cycle. The concept of the aggregation of marginal gains. Do 100 things 1% better rather than trying to do one thing 100% better. You've got more chance of success by making small gains and making small increments. And I think the people who are best placed to make those improvements are the people doing that particular task. So empowering your people in your business to innovate, to be creative um, and to, to try things and see how they go. Are they are these things getting better? It used to be said that the, the areas where there was no margin for error were like neurosurgery, <laughs> brain surgery and rocket science. 
And of course, Elon Musk has proved that it's not true about rocket science. You can just do something, bling, throw. It blew up. Okay, but it, it blew up 10 seconds later than it did last time. We've improved. There's a lot to be said for that attitude, so long as nobody's getting hurt, of doing experiments. And as I say, empowering your people to have that initiative and creativity and that freedom, the psychological safety to go and try new things and do new things. Okay. Okay. So, so now I get that. So practically, though, what does that look like on a weekly basis or daily basis in a business? You know, so I get the encourage people to, you know, innovate, improve and stuff like that. If I say it or someone, a business owner says it in their business, I mean, okay, thank you for letting us know. And <laughs> we continue with the work. But are there practical things that one could do in a business such that it would drive that kind of behavior? at the, at the on, 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 you know, or what you call the core face mm. or, or the front lines. Yeah. I just used the phrase psychological safety. I think for, for certain business types, when, you, when you've got autocratic leaders in business, that can really suppress creativity and initiative. And those are the things that you really need. People need to feel safe trying something and failing. It needs to be okay to fail mm. within parameters, of course. Can you learn to be creative? I think you can create the conditions for it. You can create an environment in which creativity initiative are more likely to germinate, take root. We welcome ideas here and we do take them seriously and we don't just squash them because it wasn't my idea. I mean, that sort of thing is it's a really toxic environment when people make a suggestion and someone else tries and takes and says, oh, that was my idea. Your creative people who genuinely came up with the idea are just going to leave. If they can, they're going to take their um, assets elsewhere. And that's true. I, I remember um, when I was in banking, the, the, the bank used to run this, uh, and it was sponsored by the CEO, so it, was, it got you know, high-level attention. They used to run this quarterly, I think, was it quarterly awards? Or every six months, I can't remember the, the frequency, where they set up a, a team that collected ideas from everyone, or well, not from everyone, from anyone who was willing to offer ideas on how the bank could either safe costs or new products or new ideas that got things done faster and stuff like that. And the winning teams got rewards. Mm. And then those ideas are then trans transferred to a certain group to explore and potentially implement. And over time, we you know, there were things like, you know, the bank saving significant amounts in costs or revenue from new products or stuff like that. And I think depending on how big or small the business is, this might be an idea to consider. But what it definitely did was people felt empowered to, when they saw something in their area that they th or in another area actually, that they felt, well, this doesn't make any sense, right? How could we improve it? They would sit down, come up with the idea to improve and they would submit. Mm. So they didn't have to worry about, oh, will the owner of the area say, oh, that's not a good idea or throw it away or stuff like that, right? Because there was an ongoing competition system. You could call it that competition system where the bank was looking for some of the best ideas and therefore the panel that was looking at the ideas would look at it without any preconceived positions. Mm. And I saw, you know, we saw some interesting ideas come out of that. I mean, that could be something a business could try on an ongoing basis. Because sometimes if you say to people they should come and tell you the ideas, 
they run the risk of those who believe that you're, you're going to ridicule them or something, yeah. uh, not yeah. you know, fronting it up, right? Yeah. Because in the other system, if your idea doesn't make the mark, nobody comes and says, oh, well, Christopher submitted an idea, it didn't make the mark. It just didn't make the mark, that's all. And, and there was no one who knew that you submitted an idea that didn't make it. I thought it was interesting and that could be something people should consider in their business. There's, there's some great examples out there of this kind of safe space to create. The word gamification popped up in my mind. You know, when you make sure that there's rewards for it. The thing to watch for, though, the danger areas, if you're going to create gamification, you've got winners. Beware of creating losers. But the sort of win-win environment, you see, I think it was 3M, what they call 15% time, which is an idea that Google popped onto, and they call it 20% time. So certainly they're engineers at 3M were allowed to spend 15% of their time on anything they wanted to. They could just have an idea and they could go and pursue it in work time using work resources. And that's how the post-it note was created. Someone had created a glue, which was, I forget what it was for, but it, it didn't work very well, but it worked just well enough to temporarily stick a piece of paper to something and the post-it note was born and we all know them. And you know, you don't think of that as being an invention of yeah. someone at 3M, but it was in, it was invented in this famous 15% time. Um, in the Google environment, Gmail was created. Google Ads, I think it was, Google or Google AdWords, that, that the Google advertising engine, these were invented in 20% in time. So they weren't uh, mandated by some kind of corporate plan. Today we're going to, we're going to create a new email system. Now someone just didn't like what was there and in their discretionary time they, they they came up with an alternative and look at it now i mean biggest mail platform out there so yeah i think learning what works learning what works for you i built it into a system when i worked some years ago and had large teams i wanted them to innovate more the, the team was very culturally diverse but some of those cultures were not known for their if you like innovation practices so we'd encourage it say okay we'd like you every quarter or three out of four quarters to just identify something that you can improve and then just go make it a little bit better. And you could see some people were quite skeptical, but the other ones that took it on, they felt really good about themselves. Oh, I've made this better, not just for myself, but for the entire team. If you're present to the possibility of making things better, that will probably help say, oh, you know what? It might be something you do in the, in the kitchen. You know, why do I have the kettle over here and the sink over here why not put the kettle near the sink then whenever i need to fill it it's right nearby okay you don't want your electrical gear necessarily too close to a wet space <laughs> but um you know within reason these things will make sense when you just stop and think about them if something's causing friction how can i remove the friction how can i make this easier i think the whole concept of learn by doing is something that i'll encourage every business owner to to start to practice also push the the, the problem solving or the innovation to the uh, front lines, to those who are doing it and give them the space to, uh, to be able to do it, to be able to innovate, to maybe, you know, fail or obviously not business critical stuff, but you, you know, give them that safe space where they know, look, if I try something and it doesn't work, all I've done is discover a way that it's not going to work. I still am encouraged to figure out another way to solve it. And then combined with that is, you know, as Chris was saying, is to give them paid time to go and look for, you know, ways to improve the business or solve problems. Overall, I think that um, as people, as individuals, we benefit 
a lot more when we're learning by doing rather than you know studying obviously you have to study but don't spend too much time in the lab and away from the field yeah looking at learning and development there's a a 70 20 10 model for learning where they they suggest that only 10 percent of of learning should really be like classroom stuff and that in fact the rest of it 70 plus 20 you're learning by doing in the 70 percent or learning from others like shadowing and men, you know coaching mentoring to some extent but shadowing in particular but you're going to learn from it in a very practical sense yeah i i i don't know any better way i mean my one of my goals for 2023 is to learn how to weld i mean why not it's a practical skill could be fun marginally dangerous which makes it exciting um but um you know if you're just trying to stick two pieces of metal together it doesn't have to look pretty you've got an angle grinder to sort that out um, and paint it's creative and I, it's something I've never done and I'd like to just try it. So I'm going to give it a go. Excellent. YouTube will oh. be my friend. Oh. I'll learn hands-on. Excellent. Well, good luck with that. I definitely want to know how that turns out. You know. <laughs> I'll send the oh, you're, out. But you're not trying to become a professional welder, are you? Not at all. No, I just want to, okay. I just want to be able to, when I want to, stick a couple of bits of metal together. It might be a, a thing for the garden or just repairing something i like very big into recycling and repurposing so it's about in the beginning of the pandemic so this is going back into 2020 i decided that i would say yes to stuff and that was often stuff that i didn't know how to do there's a post on it somewhere but i have to go looking for it but i just went ahead and i'd never proofread a novel before i got to do that that was fun then they turned it into an audiobook. And as you know, in audiobooks, as each chapter changes, there's usually a little chime or a sound or something like that between the chapters. So I thought, oh, well, let's have a go at making one of those. So I just put the old bass, trusty old bass out, played with some sound effects, put something together and sent it to the author. I said, I was having some fun and this is what I made. And he ended up using it in the audiobook when he uh, published it. No it just, yeah, it was just, just a bit fun. I'll never do it again, probably, but it was fun to do. It was just an experience and an exercise in just learning yeah. something new. It's exciting. Learn by doing and experience stuff. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, here we are. Ten episodes in. Time to wrap up. What do you say is your highlight from this experience so far? For me, it's just getting this done. Like, I remember, what? Three, was it three weeks ago or four weeks? Is it three weeks? Yeah, it must be. Yeah. That we said, you know, yeah, let's do this. And then it became, we had a quick meeting. Then it was like, look, you know what? Let's put recording date for the first three episodes in, in the calendar. Finish that. Now put the date for the next one. And until we got to this point. And then even today, we've kind of mapped out what the next maybe six to seven episodes is going to look like. Uh, so yeah, so for me, I'm just, what I'm learning is, look, if you don't spend too much time in the lab, I mean, obviously respect what you're about to do, so do a little bit of work and plan, and then get going. You can get the, the momentum you need to actually do you know, a significant amount of stuff. My view is that by the time maybe February is over, we'll have done enough episodes for the whole of 2023. Uh, so <laughs> yeah no pressure eh? no pressure yeah. <laughs> but remember this is a weekly podcast right so really it's 52 episodes mm. and in the last two or three weeks we've kind of done 10 yeah so, we have well we're open to suggestions for more 
topics and some topics we'll probably go and revisit as well from time to time bring Absolutely. a guest and and if you'd like to be a guest let us know if you've got any comments let us know and we look forward to sharing our next series with you all right thank you very much thanks for listening and please remember to like and subscribe and we'll see you next yeah. time <laughs> Bye. if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please rate and review and share it with your friends and colleagues. If you have questions or a topic you would like us to discuss, please reach out. To catch the latest on the show, follow us on social. All contact details are in the show notes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>